Hello, my name is Nicola Reddington, and I'm a student at Royal Roads University studying interdisciplinary studies. The purpose of today's podcast is to identify one or more of the major theoretical paradigms within a recent media article. Alex Manley's article, Will There Ever Be an Openly Queer NHL Player?, drew me in immediately as I had recently discussed queerness in sport with my husband, who is a golf professional and is deeply embedded in professional sport culture. I asked if he could name an openly gay NHL hockey player. He couldn't. I said, can you name any junior players? Nope. Any player in his own past playing hockey in Ontario? He couldn't. And in his words, it's mostly white straight guys. And this reaffirmed my own observations of hockey culture, although I would take it one step further and say it reeks of white, toxic, hypermasculinity. As Manley points out in his article, of the four major North American leagues, hockey is by far the less diverse and inclusive. He points out that no NHL team has ever drafted a player who has come out as gay, bisexual, or any stripe of queer. Manley, as a cis bisexual man, left hockey, a sport he loved, because he didn't fit in, and in his words, he just wasn't manly enough. Another factor that prohibits more inclusivity is the high cost of playing hockey. Manly states it's hard to build a sport that's accepting of otherness when you start from a base position of excluding the poor, and in Canada and the U.S., racialized communities tend to have higher rates of poverty. This rings true that boys who end up playing hockey in the NHL are predominantly privileged, white, heterosexual men, and therefore represent the hegemonic group in hockey. I pause here to reference Butler and her theory that gender is performative. Are boys and men just performing their gender to fit into the dominant group? Butler, who is situated within postmodernism and post-structuralism, would argue yes, to such an extent that our acts and behaviours are determined for us, and that young boys are conditioned by social construct to perform and behave in a certain way. In this way, the article situates itself within the postmodernist paradigm in questioning the language around masculinity, its constructs, and mean-making. Although it touches upon postmodernism, Manley's article is predominantly coming from a critical theory paradigm. Critical theory, as described in several readings, including DeMarco, is focused on power, inequality, and social change. Researchers in the critical paradigm start with the understanding that systems are biased against each other, such as marginalized groups, and that critical theory aims to foster positive change in the research participants and the systems. The critical paradigm studies power imbalances, which can be seen within the NHL organization as a powerful elite in hockey who hold the power And those in power are white, wealthy, conservative, straight men. Anything outside of this group is oppressed and marginalized, that being BIPOC, queer, and disadvantaged men. In Vaccaro and Kube article, A Critical Intersectional Model of LGBTQ Microaggressions, they make reference to critical theory as a way to expose inequitable social systems and structures and moreover that critical scholars illuminate the relationship between power and culture and critique the way dominant ideologies are constituted and mediated. If you think of the oppressive social-political structures, 
that being the NHL Board of Governors, the NHL owners, the NHL commissioner that govern the sport, it is obvious that the NHL will require wide systemic change to transform the inequities and power dynamics prevalent in the sport. This article shines a light on existing hockey culture that values hypermasculinity as a hegemonic masculine ideal. One further observation and questions I'm left asking after reading Manley's article. Hockey is revered in Canada. It's practically a religion. And what influence does this hypermasculinity and whiteness have on society as a whole? If thousands of young boys are coming to conform to their gender norms expected in hockey circles in Canada, how does this influence their views on women, on minorities, on anyone who is different from them, and the power dynamics in private and public spheres? And what are the devastating long-term issues such as sexual and domestic violence, harassment and bullying, and how much of this stems from boys learning how to behave and perform their gender when the masculine ideal in Canada that is most valued is one that is outwardly white, privileged, and values hypermasculinity. Thank you for listening to this episode. I highly recommend you check out Alex Manley's recent article in the Walrus Magazine called Will There Ever Be an Openly Queer NHL Player? Thank you for listening.